G'day mate, what's going on? Welcome to episode 43 of the Exponential Performance Podcast. I'm Matty Graham and today we're going to be taking a look at health and well-being of athletes and how that underpins the whole training process and also how to deal with illness when you're training. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Exponential Performance Podcast. Join sports scientist and performance coach Matty Graham to find out how to train smarter and maximize your performance no matter who you are. Mate, what's going on this week? We're cracking into episode 43 today. And what we're going to talk about today is a lot of stuff around uh, illness, actually, and uh, health and well-being. So what we're going to do to start off with is we're going to crack into a wee snippet from the Performance Temple, which covers well-being today. And then following that, we're going to transition into a little bit about what to do uh, training-wise when you get a cold, because I've had a lot of people uh, emailing me last couple of weeks, the athletes that I work with, because of the change of season here in New Zealand, we're going from uh, autumn and almost in winter at the moment so things are getting colder and a lot of the athletes that I work with are starting to get colds, sore throats and that sort of thing uh, and I've been emailing back and forth for a lot of different people about the same thing about what to do you know, when I get sick. So what I wanted to do is talk about uh, preventing illness by adjusting training load um, a couple other things in there, and I think it will flow quite nicely on from the health and well-being chapter of the Performance Temple. Now, just before we get into things, remember, if you have got any questions for me whatsoever, head over to exponentialperformancecoaching.com slash ask, send me in a voice message, um, and I will do my best to answer it for you. If a voice message is not your thing, feel free to email me or hit me up on Facebook or Instagram with your questions or topics you would like to hear on the podcast. Remember, this podcast is all about giving you the information that you need, want to help you train smarter for whatever your goal may be. I don't know what you want or need, so let me know, please. So here we go, cracking straight into the Performance Temple chapter on health and well-being. Remember, if you haven't got your copy of the Performance Temple introduction, uh, head over to exponentialperformancecoaching.com and you can download that free introductory ebook uh, over there. So, following on from last week, where we had a general introduction to the Performance Temple, and if we can imagine uh, what the Performance Temple is, if you can imagine an old Greek temple in your mind. One with big steps leading up to it, some big pillars, and then the big triangle roof on top. Now the underpinning foundation, or the bottom step, is health and well-being. We're going to tackle that today. The underlying foundational step is health and well-being. Health and well-being is what the whole performance temple is built on. So here we go, reading directly from the Performance Temple introductory ebook. 
before any individual can start thinking about training to improve their performance, it is critical that they develop a solid foundation which their physical training can be built on. Without the solid foundation of good health, well-being and a, and a sound support network, an individual will only ever be able to improve a certain amount before crumbling or reaching a plateau. Your health and well-being forms the foundation of the performance temple. It is on top of this that everything else is built. Maintaining good health and well-being is one of the most important aspects of athletic training. While many athletic endeavours are not actually healthy, if an athlete's health is compromised, then the extent to which they can adapt to their training load is limited. Every day, athletes walk a fine line between maintaining good health and maximising their performance. Classic examples of this are achieving a low fat mass for competition, fueling with high GI refined foods, completing extreme acts of endurance, and pushing the body through injury. While these unhealthy acts often lead to good short-term performance, with minimal effect on health in the short term, if they are maintained long term, then health can be compromised. Good baseline health is fundamental for optimal training and adaptation. Just think of the last time you were sick or had a cold. How good was your training or your racing performance in that state? No doubt you know an athlete, or maybe it's you, that is constantly getting run down, sick, and cannot string more than a couple of weeks of training together. As with any building, if the foundation is not laid correctly, then you are only able to build up so high before cracks start appearing. Once these cracks start to appear, it's very hard to go back and fix the foundation while you're still building. You can add temporary patches to the cracks, but they but they will reappear if they are not addressed in full. Time and time again I have athletes come into my office after not seeing improvements in their performance. Sometimes this can be for many years. Or they're broken and riddled with injury after being self-coached or even more scary, paying for coaching. While many athletes find it hard to do, we tear down their precariously built house, their body, that's held together with painkillers, ice packs, antibiotics, reflux medication and training aches and pains. Then, brick by brick, we start building them up, starting with their foundation. This takes time and commitment to do. But once an athlete has rebuilt themselves from the bottom up, they are able to truly realize their potential. Of all the athletes I've been through this process with, those who have fully committed the process to the end have gone on to smash their previous personal bests. For those that couldn't be bothered or were too busy or dropped out part way, they fall back into the same cycle of mediocre training and erratic results. Now, good health. Good health is not just not being sick, okay? Many people out there will say, I've got nothing wrong with my health because I'm not sick. 
However, as with performance, you should aim to do all that you can to maximize your health so that your body is able to train, adapt, and perform at its peak. If I had to recommend one source, if I had to recommend one resource that can help anybody looking to improve their foundational health, it would be Paul Check's book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy. It doesn't matter if you're an elite athlete or training for the, your first race. This book has something in it for everybody wanting to improve their health. And I'll put a link in the show notes for this book so you can go and check it out if you want. Along with an athlete's health, their well-being is critical for them to train and perform at their peak. As with your health, if there is any aspect of your well-being that is compromised, the effect may not be evident immediately, but eventually this aspect will have a major impact on your performance and life as a whole. Now in the performance temple, I have a wee diagram that has physical, mental and social well-being and how these interrelate and cross over for this optimal zone. So have a, have a look at that. It's probably too hard to describe here on the podcast. And again, if you want to get a copy, free copy of the Performance Temple introduction, head over and download it at exponentialperformancecoaching.com. Okay, back to the Performance Temple. If an athlete does not have stable relationships, feel connected to other others, or they're not secure in their environment, then their ability to train and compete is compromised. Well-being is a very complex topic that is very individual to each athlete, depending on their situation. Often sport and competition ticks many of an athlete's well-being boxes, so to speak. This can present issues once an athlete cannot compete due to career-ending injuries, illness or other factors. For overall well-being of an athlete, it is important for them to develop meaning connectedness and enjoyment outside of sport which is an aspect that should not be ignored but often is. So there's a little bit of a chat around health and well-being. The basics or the key take-home messages that I want you to take from this is that your underlying health and well-being is so critical but it is one of the most often overlooked topics or areas of training that I find. Now, why is it important? Because if you don't look after it, whether that being your health or your general well-being, your performance can only increase to a certain level before everything will come crumbling down. If you're training through illness, you're training through injuries, you're training through little niggles, Uh, you're ignoring your family, you're ignoring your partner with your training, Uh, all of those things will add up to become a big mess at the end of the day and derail your performance eventually. Really take some time, I think, to sit down and, and have a look at it. And it can often be hard, that internal reflection on something such as your health and your well-being, because often from a first person perspective, it's fine. But what I'd recommend is is asking some people that are close to you, where do they think 
you sit in relation to those things? Do you have some unhealthy habits that you're ignoring? Uh, are you maintaining super low body weights throughout the year, which are impacting on your long-term health? Are you are you harboring little injuries that you're not taking care of and you're getting reoccurring injuries in these areas? And rather than using good medicine to get them better, we're just putting band-aids, so to speak, over the cracks. We're getting repeated cortisone injections or we're you know, topping ourselves up with painkillers every time we go out to do a training session or a race because we are so sore in these areas. We're using that bad medicine to paper over the cracks. Those things are all going to come back and bite you and derail you in the future. So I'd highly recommend you get on top of them fast and stay on top of them. And I guess this transitions really nicely into this topic that I want to talk to today about is dealing with illness when you're training. Because it's that time of year, especially in the southern hemisphere, starting to get cold, athletes are starting to train in the colder weather, uh, and that just lends itself to the body getting a little bit more run down, a little more stressed. Uh, the immune system can't keep up, so to speak, and we get these the common cold or you know the flu if it's really bad. So let's have a think. What happens when you get sick or if you start to feel that scratchy throat coming on? Now in episode 12, I talked about getting back into training following illness. And I talked about a little general rule of thumb that if you are sick and your symptoms are above your neck, as in it's just like a head cold, you've got a blocked up nose, that sort of thing, then it's okay to train. But if it's below your neck, then it's not okay to train. You should take some recovery time. I'd like to add to that as well because sometimes if you've got a little bit of a head cold, scratchy throat, that sort of thing, if you go out and train, especially if it's in bad weather, it can blow that out and make you sicker. Whereas potentially you could have stayed home, stayed warm, fed your immune system a little bit smarter, and then you'd be ready to rip into it maybe the next day or at worst the day after. Instead, you're laid up in bed for a week because you you know you went out and, and smashed yourself. And I think with with illness or with these little signs and symptoms, I would tend to be cautious. Okay, be cautious with them. It's better to be a little more cautious. Take a little bit of time off now to save time off later if you get super sick. So there's a really nice saying that. It's easy to be hard, but it's hard to be smart. And I really like that saying because it's often really easy to say, oh, hard enough and get out there. And I am guilty of saying hard enough and getting stuck into it. But we need to be smart about this well as well. We need to be smart about the times that we're hardening up and getting out there and getting stuck into it. If you're sick and you've got a busy time at work, or you haven't had much sleep, then I'd say take the smart option, which is often the hardest, take the smart option and rest up. Give your body the time that it needs, the rest that it needs to keep your immune system strong so that you're able to go out, 
tomorrow or the day after and, and put the sessions in as planned. If you harden up and get out there today, you could be sick tomorrow, which wouldn't be good. So I would highly recommend missing some sessions if you are feeling sick. Missing some sessions uh, if you've got a really early morning session plan for some extra sleep. So if it's, a, if it's a juggling act between do I get up in the morning at 5.30, get out in the cold with my lights on and get in that run or get in that ride or get to the pool early for that early morning swim. If it's a juggling act between that or sleep and you're starting to feel a little under the weather, I would hope that you would take the more sleep option. More sleep's gonna let your body recover better. Or let's have it that it's at the other end of the day. You've had a long day at work and you're feeling under the weather, you're getting that scratchy throat now, you've had it for a couple of days, you're not able to shake it and you're really tired. I would hope again that you would make the smart decision Head home, rest up a little bit. Or alternatively, go and do an easier scaled back session rather than the harder interval hill run maybe that you had planned for yourself. And the same goes with cutting sessions short or uh, choosing a different session if it's pouring down rain, it's freezing cold uh, and you know, you're not feeling 100%. Heading out in those conditions when you're not feeling 100%, it's kind of like a recipe for catching a cold or getting the flu or making whatever you've got worse into the future. So I would say it's okay to miss some sessions. It's easier to harden up than it is sometimes to make the smart choice. But try and make the smart choice. And I would hope that most of you would make that choice uh, if you were given those criteria that I just gave you. And I would hope that you know you would be able to make that choice. And it's, it's not so much uh, a, a really scientific training choice, it's more logic, isn't it? Uh, it's a logical choice to make. If you feel like you're getting sick, give yourself some recovery. Because if you don't, your body's gonna make you take that recovery later. Now, what happens when you do miss a session, should you catch it up later? Should you catch it up later in the week, the session that you missed because you opted for some extra sleep, or you opted for an easier session rather than a harder session? Should you try and cram it in at the other end of the week and catch up? I have a general rule of thumb that says, once, a, once you've missed a session, you've missed it forever. There's no going back, there's no turning back time. And the reason I say this, and it uses as a general rule, is that if you uh, miss sessions, then you start to add them later, you cram them in, and you get a little bit of training overload when it's not planned for, which can be quite dangerous in the, in the sense that you change your training structure. Now, the other reason I say this as well is that if you get into the habit of saying, oh, I think I'll sleep in this morning, even though maybe you're not feeling sick or overly tired. I think I'll sleep in this morning and I'll just do this session at the end of the day after the session that I've got to plan planned this afternoon anyway. So then again, you get into this habit of putting things off at a certain time and just catching them up later. And before you know it, the first three days of your week, 
don't have any training on them and the last two days of the week have got 50% of the sessions that you've got to do for the week all crammed into the last two days because you're in catch-up mode. Now remember it's not just the sessions that you do that are important, it's when you do them in relation to the other sessions and it's the training load across the week or the consistency or the frequency of your training that is also important at eliciting the training response that we're after. So it's not just a simple, oh, I've done all of the sessions that were planned this week. It's a, did I do them on the right day uh, at the right time? Because the person who's you know, hopefully programmed them has thought about the recovery time between these two sessions. They've thought about the overall training load for the week, where my recovery days should sit, all that sort of thing. So general rule of thumb, don't catch up training sessions. Now... In saying that, I would I would say that if you've missed a session, and it's a one-off because you don't usually miss sessions, and it was because you made a smart decision to potentially get a little bit extra sleep. Now, I know it sounds like I'm contradictory myself here, and I, and I am, but it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all. So potentially, if you're feeling really good after taking a day off because you were sick, or you felt like you were getting sick, and you missed a session, uh, and let's say you had a complete recovery day, you could take the session that you were meant to do that day and then put it somewhere later in the week. Only if you're feeling really good and it's not going to cram things in too much. But as a general rule of thumb, I would say don't try and play catch up because it's a slippery slope from there. Now what about supplements? What about supplements for when you're getting sick? What can you do? Is there anything that you can do to help? Well, the first one that everyone says is get stuck into the vitamin C, okay? And it's it's been around for so long and it's so widely accepted, but does vitamin C actually help your health? Now, if you remember back to episode 12, I talked about supplements, and I talked about supplements that actually help your endurance, your strength, and your health. And, I, and there was a wee uh, system within that uh, research that I read off that was about categorizing your supplements into green, the ones that have got a lot of evidence behind them to say that they work, and then amber or orange that have mixed research, and then red, the ones that are either banned or just don't purely don't work. If you remember back to that, uh, or don't even remember, I'm about to remind you, but if you haven't even listened to that episode, episode 16, get back and, uh, and listen to that, the supplements that actually work. Vitamin C, if you can remember, was in the amber or the orange category, which meant that it had mixed research findings. Now, vitamin C has been researched over, I think it's like 70 years or something. It's such an intensely researched supplement, yet the findings are so mixed, even still, even still. And if you have a look out there, there are some really good meta-analysis papers that take all of these different research studies, combine them together, so you're looking at some papers have over 29 trial comparisons that have over like 11,000 participants if they t add up all the data that they're looking at. And I mean, here is one of the conclusions from one of these big 
um, papers that looked into vitamin C prevent, for preventing and treating the common cold. The failure of vitamin C supplementation to reduce the incidence of colds in the general population indicates that re routine vitamin C supplementation is not justified. So from that we finding, it seems that why would you take vitamin C for the general population because all of the results uh, tend to say there's no need to take it, doesn't work. However, vitamin C may be useful for people exposed to brief periods of severe exercise. So what this is referring to is that there's some quite there's better research that shows that uh, athletes or people undertaking heavy physical activity uh, and they looked at the military, they looked at athletes uh, and, and a range of different sports that supplementing with vitamin C helped reduce uh, the duration and severity of colds when people were conducting physical exercise. So for most people uh, listening to this podcast, that would be you. If you're training, then vitamin C seems to have uh, a use for preventing the severity and the duration of the common cold, which I think is a, is a plus. So what I would suggest is that it is probably a good thing. I think the final few sentences of this meta-analysis for vitamin C for preventing and treating the common cold is quite sums it up quite nicely. Given the low cost and the safe and the safety of vitamin C, it may be worthwhile for common cold patients to test on an individual basis whether therapeutic vitamin C is beneficial for them. So it sort of seems that if you have a cold and you want to do something about it, getting stuck into some vitamin C might be a good idea. At least it's not going to do you any harm, as long as you don't go absolutely mental and consume a lot of it. And, you know, and as always, this isn't medical advice and shouldn't be taken as medical advice. Go and see your doctor if you are worried about it. Too much vitamin C can be bad for you and there are negative side effects, so don't just go out and take a whole bunch of it because some guy on a podcast said it might be a good thing to do. But if you want to take some steps to preventing the common cold uh, and maximizing your training during these times where you can get more colds than others. Hit some vitamin C. Uh, it's been shown that zinc can be quite good when taken with vitamin C and a lot of the vitamin C tablets these days have zinc combined with them. The other thing that I find quite useful and it's something that I was put on to by uh, a medical friend of mine is the betadine throat gargle. So essentially you just gargle iodine, which is an antiseptic. It helps kill any bugs in your throat to help prevent the sore throat, the inflammation in your throat uh, and in your uh, upper respiratory tract. So those two things can be a good thing to target. However, the biggest thing that's going to help you deal with your illness is training load management sleep and good nutrition when i say vitamin c is a good thing it doesn't necessarily have to be popping them in pill forms vitamin c from fruit and vegetables is more bioavailable to the body meaning that the body can upregulate it better 
than popping it from a pill anyway. So it always comes back to good nutrition, good hydration, good sleep, training load management, and hopefully you can get through this time of year with minimal illnesses uh, impacting your training. So I hope you have found the information from this episode helpful and you can take it out there and apply it to your own training. Now, it would be greatly appreciated, whatever platform you are listening to this on, if you could give this episode a like, a share, whether it's on YouTube, whether it be on Stitcher, whether it be on whatever other podcasting platform. Head over to iTunes, if at all possible, spend 30 seconds giving me a review and leaving me a comment. While you're in the comment section, feel free to ask me any question that you would like to see answered on the podcast or topics you'd like to see me tackle and address in more depth. Now, after all this talk about illness and sore throats, I've got a sore throat because I have been battling one myself over the last couple of days. What have I been doing for it? All of those things that I've just talked about. So that's enough from me. I'm going to go and take some vitamin C and get to bed because it is past my bedtime. And some guy once told me that sleep, load management, I haven't trained today because of it, and nutrition are the most important things for for treating the common cold so that you don't lose too many days to training. So I'm going to take that advice on board and do it myself. I hope you do the same. hope you get out there and train hard. But most importantly, train smart. I'll talk to you next week.